Hello and welcome to today's podcast. This week, farmers received welcome relief from the Trump administration through its Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, for which farmers can sign up starting May 26th. But that may not be Washington's last work on farm aid this year. Joining us today is Paul Bleiberg, Vice President at the National Milk Producers Federation, who's been watching and shaping the discussions on agriculture and dairy. Thank you for joining us today, Paul. Thank you for having me on. Legislation surrounding the coronavirus has been passing Congress at a dizzying pace these past couple months, Paul. Could you quickly sort through what's happened before? So it's been a whirlwind two and a half months of legislating, as you said, and so far four pieces of legislation have been enacted. One of those four is the primary focus of, of CFAP, but just to recap, uh, in early March, a supplemental $8 billion package was passed into law to provide some funding for government agencies to deal with the pandemic beyond what they already had in their accounts for the fiscal year. Uh, the second bill, the Families First Coronavirus Relief Act, was passed at the end at the uh, Middle, I guess the, toward the end of March, I'd say, and that dealt with uh, tax credits covering the cost of providing paid leave to employers, things like that. It also had additional money for testing, additional money for nutrition programs. At, at the end of March was the CARES Act, and that was sort of maybe the pinnacle of the legislative effort. This is by far the largest package, and it covered everything from additional relief for hospitals to uh, funding for agriculture to small business, you know, lots of things were included there. And the fourth bill was enacted a few weeks ago in April. It was really a sort of supplement to the CARES Act. Some people call it Bill 3.5 rather than Bill 4, and it really replenished some of the accounts in the CARES Act, mostly around small business and some around uh, around healthcare. So the CARES Act, just to, to step back again, included the key provisions for agriculture that have formed the basis of what's been done administratively in the last week, $9.5 billion in funding to, for USDA to use to essentially create a disaster direct payment for, program for producers, as well as $14 billion additional funding for the Commodity Credit Corporation. That $14 billion does not become available until July 1, but the $9.5 billion, coupled with the $6.5 billion that was already in the CCC account, formed the basis of the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. And this is important because when you see Congress passing this and this being signed and this being implemented, it's very it, it's very easy to lose the relationships among what's going on. And, and, and I'm asking you right now if you could give a little bit of a Civics 101 just to explain to listeners the relationship between what Congress passes and then what USDA puts into effect. Because in the case of the CARES Act, you saw action being taken in March and April that really has just led to some tangible action in the past week. Exactly. So when it came to agriculture, the CARES Act, it was not uh, it was not really in the specific details as far as how the payment program needed to be structured. The, the fundamental piece of the CARES Act was the funding. And the basic direction around the funding was to help producers prevent, prepare for, and respond to coronavirus. And that language has been used in many different contexts in legislating on the pandemic. But that language gave USDA fairly broad authority as to how they could use the $9.5 billion they were given. And ultimately, they ended up using it for the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program uh, that they announced this week. Now, in the Farm Bill, by contrast... Uh, the Congress tends to spell out the farm programs in a lot of detail. It spells out exactly what the payment rates are and what the, uh, you know, different coverage levels and things like that. And USDA moves forward to implement those. Whereas in this case, the CARES Act funding was really a broad pot of money with basic guardrails around it that I described. And then USDA did the implementation and went into the detail of crafting the program. Now, members of Congress 
spent a lot of time over the last several weeks weighing in with USDA, urging USDA to take one approach or another approach when they crafted the program, but the legislation itself was fairly broad. And that brings us to where we are now, because what we've just seen uh, with the House of Representatives and the passage of the HEROES Act last week, now you're seeing another big stimulus package coming down the pike that also has a lot of prescriptive actions toward USDA. But it seems, Paul, that the political environment around this is different from what the CARES Act was. And I'm wondering if you could break down a little bit about how that context is different and what that means in terms of the significance of the HEROES Act and and how its provisions then move forward to potentially become anything additional for dairy producers. Sure. That's a really good question. Um, The HEROES Act, you know, in broad strokes, is the House's initial marker for this next round of negotiations. So the HEROES Act passed the House uh, on Friday, uh, May 15th, a few days ago, and includes a lot of different elements, and it does include definitely quite a few helpful provisions for dairy, and some of that relates to milk donation. There's another round of direct payments in the bill. There are some enhancements around the dairy margin coverage program. There are recourse loans for processors. There's quite a bit in there that's beneficial for dairy, as we've highlighted. Uh, But as far as the process goes, now that that bill has passed the House, the work will begin in the Senate on on their version of legislation. And I think what we'll ultimately see happen is the HEROES Act from the House and whatever the Senate initially produces may be merged together into kind of a final product. So that's not to say that, you know, everything from the HEROES Act or nothing from the HEROES Act will move forward. I think we think a lot of it will, especially in the ag space. But, you know, different things will be modified as compromises are struck between the two chambers and obviously the administration as well. And if you if you look back at the previous couple of bills, you saw in the second bill, the Families First Coronavirus Act, the, the House worked primarily with the administration in shaping that deal and the Senate ultimately adopted it. But it was really a negotiation between the House and the administration. Uh, the CARES Act negotiation, by contrast, was really a Senate-driven process. The House had input, obviously, as well, but the, the Senate really started that one and, and finished that process uh, as well. And so looking at this next bill, I think you may see perhaps a combination of the two. So in this case, the House has passed their piece. They've passed the HEROES Act. I think work will begin in the Senate on theirs, and you may ultimately have a broader negotiation between the two chambers. It's, it's hard to tell exactly what will happen, but I think we will see some kind of a give and take between House Democrats, Senate Republicans, and obviously the administration as well. And it, this would be an important point, Paul, because you're going to see a lot of articles in media talking about how the HEROES Act is, is dead on arrival in the Senate. But when you hear that, what you're talking about is final passage of the entire plan, um, not necessarily the, the striking down of every single provision. Would it be safe to say that the agriculture provisions, and nobody's saying that anything is going to be adopted just in mass, you know, it, it's not like the Senate's going to say, great, the ag provisions are all fine. You're going to see some changes. But, but, but there is meaning in what the House passed from this legislation, simply because when people talk about this being dead on arrival, it's, it's dead for reasons other than ag, and some of ag could be preserved. I think that's very true. I think the agriculture provisions in the HEROES Act really can be the basis for discussions going forward. There will be other elements, too, um, that enter into the discussion with the Senate and everything. But I think when that when that comment is made about the bill being dead on arrival, it's really in reference to the package as a whole, 
passing the Senate in its exact current form. And to be to be frank, that almost never happens, right? Most bills that the House moves, no matter who's in control of the House and who's in control of the Senate, don't pass the Senate in their form. Things always get changed as part of the give and take. A great example, three years ago, when Republicans controlled both the House and the Senate, they did a tax bill that was signed into law in December 2017. The two chambers produced different products. The House did their version, the Senate did theirs. The Senate Republican majority did not simply take the product of the House Republican majority, even though they were of the same majority party, right? And so this happens all the time. For four years, Republicans controlled the House and Democrats controlled the Senate, and you had a dynamic where the House would pass a lot of legislation that the Democratic-led Senate did not pass. They would pass their own version of legislation, and you would then merge the two together, like the 2014 Farm Bill, things like that, got done in that kind of divided Congress. Obviously, in the current Congress, you have a Republican Senate and a Democratic House. You have a similar dynamic. This sort of thing happens all the time. I think it's really being played up in the media right now. But I think the truth is, you know, one chamber's bill is often not the other chamber's bill. And this is just a legislative process at work. There has been a lot of talk about urgency of getting another round of stimulus through from from one camp. But then you have other individuals, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, talking about how we need to see if the stimulus is working, how the existing plans are going, what is the actual pace of the economy, the reopenings, and maybe we should wait a few weeks. Um, between this go fast and go slow camp, uh, who's got the edge right now? Well, that's hard to say because obviously House Democrats have uh, started the process here, passing the HEROES Act right out the gate the other day. And so right now that's the, the piece of legislation that's in the public eye. You know, on the other hand, as you said, the Senate isn't ready to move just yet. They will be in recess next week in the Senate for the Memorial Day holiday, and they will be back in session the following week, I believe, the first week of June. I would imagine that discussions in the Senate will kick up in June pretty quickly. I, I don't know what week that will happen. I think some of this might depend on what happens on the ground in different states and what different people are hearing from their constituents, obviously. That's, there's always that variable on the ground. I would imagine that the process really kicks up in the Senate in June and, you know, Perhaps by the 4th of July recess, maybe the product on this bill is done. Maybe that's too soon. I, I don't know. But I would imagine that it'll be uh, that it'll be going pretty quickly. It does sound like something people are going to be talking about for a while. I think that's right. And I think it'll be the primary uh, congressional focus until it is done. So if you're a farmer or you're simply somebody who's supporting the dairy community, is there anything you could do to help this discussion along? Absolutely. Continue to weigh in with your senators, with your House members, and just let them know how difficult this situation has been for the dairy industry, what the effects have been for you on your farm and your community, and just let them know the importance of continued help for dairy and for agriculture as we go forward. As we said earlier, you know, both chambers of Congress, members in both parties, I think understand the need to do more for agriculture. The HEROES Act had a lot of good provisions there. I think the Senate will be discussing ideas as well. And so I think there's a broad bipartisan and bicameral sort of understanding around the need to help agriculture. But, can, you know, contact from grassroots is always helpful to moving that along. That's it for today's podcast. For more on dairy's response to coronavirus, visit our special webpage, nmpf.org slash coronavirus, where you will find a wide range of information for producers and processors. NMPF has also launched a Twitter hashtag to discuss what dairy's going through and the need for dairy policy solutions. That's Dairy Never Stops. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play under the podcast name Dairy Defined. We'll talk again soon.